When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we are going to be reviewing some of the common stupid things people do to waste time and money in therapy. And this, of course, isn't calling anyone stupid, but rather saying, what a foolish waste of your really limited time and probably also limited money to do any of these things. So it's more of my tough love that you've come to, you know, depend on so much to make your commute or your house cleaning or whatever the hell you're doing. Um, time pass more quickly. <laughs> uh, but before we get into this topic, I do want to tell you to subscribe. My most recent episode was why your wife does not want to have sex with you if you have yelled at the kids that day and uh, how she is primed to respond to you in this sort of situation, which is really not the sort of response that you want her to have. And uh, how both men and women perpetuate this dynamic of the dad being the bad cop and the mom being the good cop. So, of course, as per usual, I don't ever just blame a dynamic on one party. Everybody's got to take responsibility for their role in creation of a toxic dynamic. There are no toxic people. There are only toxic dynamics. So today, let's um, talk about what people do and the cognitive errors that they make in therapy that really prevent them from having the best experience. Um, because I see this a lot and I see people tell me things they did in prior therapy and I notice people doing things with me and really both of us, me and the client, parentheses S and parentheses because I have couples as well as um, individuals, obviously. So uh, we both want these sessions to be productive, right? I mean, there's literally no point if, if things are not moving along productively. So uh, these are cognitive errors that I've seen people making that really preclude productive work from happening. So let's look at the first one. So I touched on this uh, before in some other podcasts, I think my scarcity mindset one. But anyway, like a lot of people come to me after they say, well, I was in counseling for years uh, or months with somebody. And, you know, for the last, and then they're going to say some unholy long amount of time. For the last seven months or so, I really didn't think I was making any progress in my weekly sessions. And I'm like, OMG, right? And I don't say that, you know, but um <laughs> but it's like, oh my god, what a like tragic waste of your time and money, you know, to be going into something for 7 months that you no longer find useful. Like every minute isn't supposed to be an epiphany, but if you leave like like a few sessions in a row without thinking that you're making any progress, what are you doing, right? So therapy isn't magic. Like there isn't, if you don't feel like you're doing work, you are not doing work. It's kind of like going to the gym. If you don't break a sweat, 
there's no magic personal trainer that can make working out feel like sitting on the couch. So, you know, there's not. Like, you got to put in work. If your sessions don't feel like any work, like anything's happening, like you're being challenged, like you're thinking of anything in a new way, like you're left with anything to work on, get out, right? Like, stop. (laughs) And so people will say to me, well, yeah, you're real expensive, so I'm going to try somebody else. Then they'll come to me and they're like, yeah, I worked with that person for like a year. And, you know, I really wasn't making that much progress overall so now I'm back to you I'm like hey shit you thought I was expensive like what was this extra money now what did that like decrease the cost of me no it was just literally additive like now and also you're a year further into these patterns that are bad so your marriage has now gotten worse for a year so if you do not click with a therapist move on quickly to another one now if you can't ever click with anyone no matter uh who they are you know yeah that's called a common denominator look in the mirror but if you are going for kind of basically inexpensive people who don't challenge you and can work within your schedule instead of like somebody where you look at their profile or their website in my case and you're like wow this person really gets me but eh, it's expensive they might challenge me too much I don't know like then really like what are you doing you're setting yourself up to not make progress but sometimes people do need to go through that in order to really understand that they want to work on things and that you know change isn't magic So uh, those are the two sides of that. Um, The second cognitive error is like this thing where people don't think it's really urgent to work on their marriage because they're not about to divorce or anything. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's wait till you are. Is that a better idea? (laughs) I mean, shit only goes one way. Marital problems, they they don't like magically get better. They just don't. I mean, sometimes certain stages of life change. Like, okay, if you're really mad at your husband and you just had a newborn, Wait, you are probably very irritable, you know, and your hormones are all over the place and you're not sleeping. But in situations where you're like, yeah, like, you know, I've been really upset with my husband since the kids are born. I'm like, how old are the kids? Oh, they're seven and nine. They're seven and nine. Man, get into therapy three years ago with the second best being today, you know, because it's like it didn't get better. It's not going to get better. And when you come in on the precipice of divorce, you know, we are not Houdini marital counselors. We cannot often do anything when the marriage is already basically over. And this is just like a last hoop to jump through before you file. All right, the next one is this idea that a therapist knows exactly what you need to work on. And if you don't share some shameful thing that you really think about like every day, somehow they're supposed to pick up on it and magically cure you. So for example, if somebody experienced sexual abuse, right? And they're deeply ashamed of it, they don't share it with a therapist. Well, I'm not saying you got to share it on the first day, but uh, it would be nice if you did, quite honestly. And the sooner you can share what you actually need to work on, the better. So like people will not disclose frequently things in the arena of sex or parenting, right? So they won't disclose like, um, I spanked my kid, I lost my shit and I spanked my kid. Well, like, how am I supposed to help you? You know, and sure, many people in this situation are very anxious about then you're going to call Child Protective Services because I abused my kid. If you spank your kid and then you've come into counseling to work on it, this is not an abuse situation. An abuse situation is like I wailed off, like I, I beat the shit out of my kid. Yeah, like in that situation, yes, and I make it really clear if there's child abuse, we do have to report. But 
if you tell me I yelled at my kid and I called them a name and I feel so bad about it and I want to work on it, great. That's what I'm here for. Let's work on it. You know, like, great. That is good. So if that's something that happened, you can even walk it back a little bit. If you're if you're very scared about, about something like, you know, Child Protective Services, then say, I have anger issues with my kid. You know, and then we can work on it. But if you never tell me of anger issues with your kid, you're still going to have them. There's no magic way for me to fix you having anger issues with your kid and losing your shit on your kid unless I know that you do it. I'm never going to shame you for that. No therapist is. Um, no therapist worth their salt is, right? Um, also, if you've had sexual abuse in your past, I feel terrible for you. I also would like to help you. But if I don't know about it, I can't help you. And it's the same with any other thing that you are ashamed about. A therapist is never going to shame you for anything. We've heard a lot of shit before. And if it's new to us, then you've just uh, helped us grow into a better therapist. And it's still in the same genre of stuff that we've heard before. You know, so it's not going to be like, like, you know, whatever you're fearing in your mind, like a therapist who's grown to like you is like, actually, now that I've heard that, I know that you're a monster. That does not happen. That's not real. The therapist will have even more empathy for you knowing that there's all this shit that you've been going through that you've not shared and will feel relieved because usually the therapist senses that there is something that you still have your guard up about, but they just don't know what it is. You know, and they don't know if you're just a guarded person, if you just need more time, like what it is. So try to help your therapist help you by being as open as possible. They cannot mind read. So another thing that I've talked about a lot that I don't believe in, that nobody, um, that I have never ever seen this, where the partner is the only problem. The partner's not the only problem. Even if the partner's a schizophrenic, it's like, shit, why'd you pick a schizophrenic, you know? I mean, why are you staying in a situation with a schizophrenic? What can we do to make it better for you with this schizophrenic? How does enabling uh, this schizophrenic, how does it relate to stuff that you grew up with, etc.? It is never, ever, ever just one person and in a situation where it is, you are still staying. So there's still plenty of stuff that we can work on in you and helping you grow more assertive and have higher self-esteem such that you do not remain in a situation that is extraordinarily difficult. So if you are using therapy just to bitch about your partner, you know, that is not an effective use. Yes, there can be a lot gained from talking to a therapist about your partner because therapists can give insight to the partner, but it should always loop back eventually to what you can do to give you agency to change your own situation, to understand how you got into it, to develop coping mechanisms for it, to ensure you don't replicate it in later life, etc. So just just complaining about the partner in every session is never going to help you in the ways that you need. Then you can refer to my podcast on when therapy just feels like chatting with a friend. If you tell a girlfriend my husband's such an asshole, she's going to be like, oh yeah, girl, I understand totally. I get it. What a dick. This should not be therapy, right? So within therapy, you need to be learning strategies for how to increase the closeness and the connection that you feel and or how to set boundaries and get out of a bad situation, but not just a pity party. So it should not be a pity party that wastes your time and money. All right, and the other one is a therapist is magical. So no matter how many defenses I put up, they can, you know, move around them with ease and then they could like burrow into my psyche and I will, you know, then receive wonderful insight kind of um, just directly 
like given to me somehow by the therapist without much work on my part. This, um, you know, is in similar vein to the other ones about mind reading, etc. But this is more of the person who just shows up and they're like, I don't have anything to talk about. And they do want to change in certain ways, but they don't like kind of do the work to verbalize that. Now, yes, of course, a therapist can talk to you about why did you come, but there are clients and I don't get these clients as much anymore in my own practice because my own practice is really targeted toward people who are struggling with the issues that I talk about, right? So they always have something to say, like, oh, it was this thing, this podcast brought me in, this episode, this post, or what have you. But I used to get this when I was a younger therapist working in a group practice. Um, So a lot of you may be in that situation where you're seeing therapists that are not me. Most of you are in that situation because I am only one person. Um, And so don't, like, you may feel, like, really depressed and anxious and stuff and whatever, but... And, and think, okay, I should go into therapy. And that's great. Once you get into therapy, though, <laughs> try, try no matter what the therapist says or does, you try, because I'm trying to help you here get the most bang for your buck and your limited time. Um, you try to think as you're driving there or in the half hour before you pick up your telehealth uh, call, think, what am I going to talk about? What is something that was emotionally salient to me this week? Therapists can really, hopefully, if they are any good, they can take something that you're worried about or thinking about or feeling about and, you know, go, uh, you know, draw it out to a more macro level and, you know, showcase patterns, you know, that, that, that emerge and that include this situation as well as other situations, why you may have been triggered by this situation, what you could have done next time if this situation comes up, all sorts of stuff, all sorts of magical hat tricks. But if you come in and you're like, yeah, week was pretty good. Nah, you know, yep. Yeah, you know, week, week was, week was good, you know? So, um, well, you come into therapy, right? So, so try to think about something. And now most therapists won't let you off right there. Some will, but some will say, well, what, what did you then want to talk about? Or what about this thing from last time? And like, if you're always like, nah, that thing from last time doesn't bother me anymore. You know, you were right. Um, yep, it, it, it ended up blowing over with my husband. Yep, so, so yeah. So um, kids are back, back in school, yep. Um, yeah, like, like, you know, so like a, a seasoned therapist may be able to say, oh, you seem like you're erecting some defenses or maybe, you know, you're ambivalent about being here or, you know, uh, or what do you feel about the kids being back in school? But like, we're just people, you know, <laughs> and like you got to advocate for yourself in this world. And if you show up and you have nothing to talk about and you, um, continually kind of evade any attempts to go deeper on anything, then you have to do the work, or at least I'm encouraging you right now to do the work to figure out why am I wasting my time in therapy. And I'll tell you, just as, you know, helpful hint, the reasons you may be wasting your time in therapy are the ones that I've said. You're scared about going deeper. There's something shameful that you actually don't want to discuss or share with a therapist. And or you are lonely and you just kind of need a friend to talk to, in which case therapy, uh, you should bring that up with a therapist who can help you figure out how to, you know, uh, buffer up your relationships in your life. 
and or you are um, you were trained to be very suspicious and paranoid of therapy in your family of origin so you remain so even though intellectually you want to be open to therapy there's a lot of ambivalence so if any of this speaks to you in your next session instead of just shooting the shit you should say I find myself very conflicted about these sessions I find myself very anxious about being boring to you I find myself feel feeling disloyal to any person that I want to talk about in here or whatever the hell is going on those are just a few softballs to get you going all right so um an overview of this just the tldr too long don't read from reddit at the end is there are myriad reasons and ways that uh why uh people waste their time in therapy don't be one of those people you're listening to this podcast you're obviously super interested in self-development everybody only has one life to live you do not want 45 minutes of your life to be a total waste you know and if if they have been sessions have been a waste move forward to either a different therapist or try to uh, intensify your own treatment by using one of the things that I've told you to do in this session. Therapy can be super useful, but it it, it isn't magic. You have to uh, try. You have to feel like you're trying. It's just like going to the gym. If you don't feel like you're trying, you're not. So you can't just go to the gym and stand there and be like, oh good, I went to the gym today. Yeah, like I guess, <laughs> but you didn't really go to the gym for the purpose of going to the gym for what it's used for. You just stood there. And so don't let your therapy sessions become that because you you don't have infinite time and money. Nobody does. So advocate for yourself and hopefully you can make your therapy super productive, which is what you deserve. And it will be so much better if that is how you feel after leaving a session is, wow, I accomplished a lot. All right, hopefully uh, everybody got something out of this and I will talk to y'all soon.